Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dentists Who Invest podcast. We, we, we welcome, I beg your pardon, Zaid Ismali. Zaid is a returning guest, so a familiar face on the Dentistry Invest podcast, and Zaid is here today to talk about something that we touched upon last time, but we're going to flesh out in more detail tonight, and that is day trading. How are you tonight, Zaid? Yeah, very well, thanks, James. Glad to be back on. Thank you for having me back on again. Dude, my pleasure. Your last few episodes got a lot of love, and I'm sure this episode will be no different. So, Zaid... Day trading is something that people talk about, and it looks like something incredibly lucrative, particularly for those who are new to trading, because they believe that that is where the money's at. The quick trading, the fast trading, the sexy gains, all of that stuff. Can you tell us what day trading is, how it works, and whether or not it fits or it can fit in us dentist lifestyle? Let's start off with what it is, first of all. Yeah, so... Essentially, day trading is you are in and out of stocks within a day, so you don't hold anything overnight. So since we last um, spoke, um, I was doing kind of more swing trades at that point then. And I think because of the market conditions weren't great, it was quite hard to find actual swing trades. And, I, and my personality, from my own point of view, I'm quite impatient. Um, so I was either getting in too early or, or out too early with, uh, with some of the swing trades. And that's when I kind of started to look at um, uh, day trading. And actually, from my, my own point of view, it suits me more of uh, my own personality because I'm not patient enough to wait um, for, for the things to kind of happen. Uh, and I think that's quite important with, with trading. It's kind of finding something that fits your own personality. Um, so for me, what I, what I quite liked about the day trading was that um, there was nothing to worry about overnight. So you're not going to get big gap ups or gap downs. You don't have to worry about timing your trades around kind of earnings and, uh, uh, and sort of dividends and, and other kind of news that, that can happen um and the other thing from um from a you're saying that the sexy kind of low-hanging fruit i think cumulative gains are quite good so if you if you think any index fund you'll get 10 percent a year if you break that down to actually per day you only really need to be making one percent a day if that on average and you're going to smash that 10 percent a year so i think I think if you kind of see it from that point of view, yes, it's 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 lucrative because you're accumulating on on a daily basis. I think seeing it as a get rich quick scheme, I think is where a lot of people get into trouble uh, from it. Um, so I kind of got into it by doing a lot of um, reading, a lot of research, and I kind of try and show you my kind of journey of how I'm actually get through and how I try and um, incorporate it into while still being a, uh, a sort of a full time orthodontist. Um, so firstly, what the things that you kind of need uh, for it, you need a decent broker. You need a broker with live data. That's that's the key thing. That's where some, you know, you can't do it on Hargreaves Lansdowne. You need to have, you have to be able to get in and out of trades really quickly. Um, and the type of broker that you need is partly dependent on the type of strategy you're going to have. We'll touch up a little bit on strategy later on, but you've got different brokers with different um so if you're going to be doing lots of lots of trades um, in a day and um, what method of strategy might be something called scalping, where you take lots of little gains, you know, you take $50 there, $50 here, $50 there in, you know, tens or hundreds of trades throughout the day, you're going to want a broker with no fees, for example. If you're doing a lot of shorting, um, then you're going to want a broker that has um, uh, that can locate those shorts for you and, and preferably has low locate um, fees as well. Um, so the kind of broker, you know, I'm sure you're going to get lots of emails saying, oh, what broker do you use? What do you use? I think it really comes down to, to the strategy that um, that you're going to incorporate. The other thing you're going to need is you're going to need a, a screener. You're going to need to find something that you're going to be able to find the stocks that are going to be in play for you. Uh, and again, that the type of screener that you're going to be looking for is depending on the type of strategy that you're going to 
kind of entail. Uh, and in a decent charting software, um, and some of it, again, you can get down to kind of one minute or five minute candles um, to kind of see what's actually happening with the, with the price action. The other thing that suits me from, from day trading, which I quite like doing it, I was never a fundamental kind of analysis type of guy that I, all those things kind of went over my head, but I do like looking at patterns, do like looking at charts and, and day trading. A lot of it is really related to the actual price action. Um, so it's more of kind of the technical analysis um, part of me, which I, which I enjoy. Um, and then when you kind of come on to strategy, really, it, it almost doesn't matter what type of strategy you have. I think we briefly touched upon this on, on the last podcast. It's really down to managing what type of strategy you're going to have and what your risk and reward is going to be for that strategy. Now, if you're going to be someone who does lots of trades throughout the day, your risk and reward ratio might be much lower. Your risk and reward ratio might be two to one, but you've got a 70% win rate because you're doing lots of little trades. Well, if you're someone who's only doing one or two trades a day, looking for that breakout that might happen or a short squeeze that might happen, your risk reward might be something like seven or eight to one, but you're going to get a 25 or 20% win rate or that trade doesn't um, come about that often. So it's again, trying to work out what suits you, what suits your personality. And there's loads of different strategies out there. There's um, kind of mean reversion strategies, looking for breakouts, following trends. You can even just trade within a range. If a stock th- throughout the day is always traded at the lowest of 20 and the highest of 30, you can almost kind of bounce off those um, resistance lines. And there's, you know, there's, there's money to be made that way. So it's kind of finding what, what suits you and, uh, um, and then the biggest thing with down to it is obviously there's pattern recognition. It's reading a lot, of, a lot of books on technical analysis, um, charting, reading the candles, um, and then doing doing whatever you can to try and find your reg and to find your way that um, that kind of suits you. And uh, and a lot of it may just be hours and hours of just looking on. Um, Charting software is different charts throughout the day or charts in play. Essentially, the, the real thing that you really need, no matter what, is you want something that has a lot of volume happening that day. You want something that has a lot of liquidity uh, for you to be able to get in and out of the trades that, that you need. Um, and if you are going to look into it and are going to kind of try and find the different um, strategies, there's lots of different information out there on following different people on Twitter, Um following um there are some youtube kind of videos on there but i would kind of take some of them with a with a pinch of salt um but mm. it's kind of finding something that interests you and then kind of before you have any money in an account or start with a very small account is trying to find it okay you know right what would i do today you can look at the chart and you go okay well, i think it's going to go up here it's going to go down uh, and and a lot of practice and i think we has another part of it that this whole concept of 10,000 hours trading is absolutely no, no different um and by all means I'm not there yet for me my my kind of trading sort of career is only just really starting um and what I'm hoping to get out of it at the minute is in the first kind of year is actually not to gain money but not to lose money but to gain experience um and put my 10,000 hours that way and and then once I feel like I've got to the point where I'm not just profitable, but consistently profitable and having your losses, not blowing out your accounts and chasing trades, then I can think I can, I can put more money into it and then potentially have it as a, as a second income stream or as an alternative to, uh, uh, to dentistry as, you know, you never, you never know what will happen in life. Obviously, you, know, you did podcasts on kind of um, second careers um, in that. So, yeah. Um, so I think the key thing is really is finding a strategy, finding an edge. Whenever you talk about trading, you always talk about an edge and it doesn't have to be a big edge. It's, you know, there's absolutely no reason why you can't trade the smallest of things day in, day out, um, go, go forward. And it's just giving you that. And, and it's not being greedy with it. It's not expecting to get, you know, doubling your money every day. It's if you've got a $10,000 account and you make, you know, even a hundred dollars a day, that's still going to be more than 10% throughout the year. But, um, so it's kind of just really important just to kind of find your edge and your strategy and kind of try and stick to it. And um, and even if you can kind of find a strategy where you might be kind of long in one strategy and then you, you 
for uh, a really good bull run um, and then having a backup strategy where you might be doing a bit more shorting for when you're in a bit of a bear market and trying to kind of work out what it is that you um, you like to do. So from my point of view, one of the things that I quite like to do, I, there's two things I kind of look at. Really, I look at stocks that have um, very overly inflated, that have kind of gone parabolic within a space of, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and they're really stressed from, from the mean. And there's usually a pullback that happens after that. And I look at kind of shorting the pullback and potentially fading. Uh, these stocks tend to kind of fade throughout the day and, and holding on to that short um, and kind of making money on, on the way down. And then when I'm looking at stocks that are going long, I'm looking at stocks that are um, breaking out of their, their patterns. So a lot of stocks that are going up throughout the day if you look at the chart, they never just go straight up. It's almost like a, um, a stepping stone. They kind of go up for a bit, they go sideways for a bit, and then they go up for the next bit and so on. And, and it's trying to work out, okay, well, when will that next step um, happen? And uh, so <clears throat> those are the two things that I like um, to, to look at. And uh, and even though, you know, it doesn't have to be done throughout the whole day. Yes, it's, it's day trading, but it doesn't, you, can, you can do it for an hour, you can do it for two hours, um, a lot of times I'm trying to kind of find my trades in the first hour, two hours of the market opening. And that's when I've got patience since the, the New York Stock Exchange opens at, um, at half two GMT time. And uh, I spend usually the first hour trying to find what stocks are in play and what, which are the ones that have made that parabolic move and then try and get on the, uh, um, on the top side of that and, uh, and short it go, going down. Um, and that can quite easily be done in between patients. Um, so, that's one way of kind of fitting it in but the stock market doesn't close till half nine um sorry nine o'clock uh gmt time so you've got time to kind of in the evening in the last hour um about now actually between eight and, and nine is the power hour which a lot of again a lot of volatility a lot of price changes and, and movements happen so again um <coughs> choosing your time and choosing you know your edge may only work at a certain point during the day so it's kind of finding out what it is you the edge that you have and find something that you kind of believe in um, to get, get you there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's horses for courses, you know. And when I when I said earlier, when I referred to the fact that day trading is the exciting thing that people tend to lunge at whenever they think they have to get into the investing or trading world, I actually think it's massively helpful to learn the principles, the fundamentals of money understand how that works, understand how to be an investor before you understand how to be a trader. And for anybody who is curious what that distinction is, an investor is someone who buys and they hold indefinitely and they withdraw, they take profit out whenever they reach the age where they want to retire or they become financially free. A trader, if anybody takes profit before that point, you're a trader. Now, granted, there's a spectrum. Some people will trade very quickly. Some people will trade over the course of a few days or a few weeks. Some people will trade over the course of a month or a few years, but you're still under that bracket, the trader, you know. And for anybody who wants to get into this route, go down this path of trading, it helped me so, so much in my understanding, my patience and my mental state being a trader when I began to understand the principles of money in the first place. And there's no quick path to success just like what you were saying there is it it's about putting the hours in it's like anything in life it's like dentistry the best dentists spend hours they have a passion for it they study they study they study anything like that in life is the anything that you know that there is a huge scope to become good at in life that's the case and trading is no is no exception just like dentistry and that's the best way i can put it and it's best to not try to run before you can walk Real quick, guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled The Seven Costly and Potentially Disastrous Mistakes That Dentists Make Whenever It Comes to Their Finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts.
Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, and these kind of concepts of, um, you know, any training book will, will give you that. And it, and it can be applied to anything. It could be applied to ETFs. It could be applied to, to, to equities. It could be applied to options trading. It could be applied to crypto. It could be applied uh, to anything. And it's kind of having the same the same concepts and being repeatable and almost being like a robot. And I think one of the things that helped um, me when I was doing my trading is the money that I put into it was actually I got quite lucky with some crypto gains um, this year and I liquidated um, some of my crypto gains and used that money. So for me, it wasn't money I kind of earned from Mm -hmm. working hard, essentially. It was that money is, and it's not money to me, it's, it's points in the game. I think when you become emotionally attached to the money, when you start trading for um, for money that you need to live on, mm-hmm. your emotions kind of get the better of you and then you can't make those decisions. You you, you know, if you think, oh, I've lost $1,000 today and you think, oh, what could I spend that $1,000 on? Yeah, you've almost got to eat. Yeah, you've got to just go, actually, no, it's not $1,000, it's 1,000 points. You know, I'm... Oh, I like that. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I think just kind of just see it as... as, as points on a game and a high score sort of thing as opposed to uh um kind of emotionally attaching yourself to that money that you could have spent on on something else so i think we're lucky in a position that we've got a good job you know we're not doing it to solely rely on earnings you know, it's not like i've got to make money today because i've got to pay my bills um through day trading i think that gives us a bit of an edge from from that point of view but um i think that's quite important when you, when you start doing it for money that you need to live on i think it becomes different and that's why when you talk to a lot of traders at the start, they say, oh, if you're going to learn, do paper trading um, because uh, that's the best way to kind of learn what happens. But with paper trading, it's because it's not money. It's just numbers on a on a computer. It, you don't have that same emotional attachment to it. And therefore, people always make money on paper trading. But as soon as they have real money on the line, they end up not being as successful. So it's kind of trying to kind of bring yourself uh, uh, away from that. And every... Um, great trader that you ever hear talking about they all went through a phase when they first started of blowing up their accounts you know once or even twice sometimes so yeah yeah traders have done that so it, using that as a kind of a learning tool and and realizing it, you almost can't be a good trader until you've done that until you've had that big loss um right of passage of, yeah that yeah, happened exactly. to me that happened to me at the start as well yeah yeah and it happened um well it happened to me at the start but I kind of broke the rules and I got very very lucky um so I was on a a trade that um I was shorting um so it went high of the day and I shorted it but I kind of looking back it was actually consolidating to a breakout for me kind of reached high of the day and it failed to get there second time around so I, I I shorted it and then it just took off and it went parabolic um and I was started to make a bit of money from, from from shorting and then I started to, I increased my my position size um so I could start making some more money now and uh, and I did it and it just went absolutely the wrong way that I wanted it to and uh I did I broke all the rules I doubled down and then it oh. kept on going up and then I, I left it overnight um and thankfully this was this was just before Thanksgiving so everything before Thanksgiving was going up Thanksgiving obviously the market was shut and on Friday, I, I kind of held on to it and it just absolutely tanked and it just went straight back down. <laughs> so that making my money back and everything else. But that taught me a lesson. So I got very lucky from it, but it taught me a lesson of actually, I, you can't get that lucky every time. And uh, But if it hadn't, if it kept on going the other way and you you kind of just leave it in there, you think you see that number as a, you know, a minus red figure of whatever it is down. And you feel like, well, if I close that trade now, that money's definitely gone there's always a chance it can come back and it can come back and a lot of times when you're tracing that 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 never happens so anyone can make money trading i think the key thing is managing your losses i think is is a big big factor um so um um mark minaverna had a really good tweet about what his trading strategy was the other day and it was heads i gained two dollars Tails, I lose two. Uh, I lose one dollar. That was his trading strategy. Love so, it. if you can find that trading strategy, then you're going to make money no matter what. If yeah. you've got a three to one risk to reward ratio, you can be, you still could be right a third of the time, and you still be profitable. Um, one of the traders I was listening to talking, this guy had um, had started about ten years ago, uh, and I think he's made almost. It, 
seven figures. So I think he's 20, 30 million dollars up. And his win rate is only 26%. Yeah, but when he's right, he's right. He's right, exactly. Yeah. So if you're going to, and, and then you've got to try and find out what kind of strategy you're going to go for, but you're not going to have an eight to one risk reward ratio if you're going to be trading, mm. you know, 30, 40 trades in a day. And so it's finding out what, what it is that you actually are happy to do. Um, and there are so many different things out there. And, and all these things that you see on YouTube, all these um, Twitter feeds, and so I think some traders are even kind of streaming on Twitch as well now that they, they've they all got their own um, technique. And it's pointless messaging saying, oh, what does it you do? Well, it's pointless copying them. You've got to find something that suits you and something that you um, that you believe in um, uh, and kind of make, you know, find your own little edge. And that's what it really comes down to. It's just having that little thing that you do that you believe in. And then it's, because it's, if you don't believe in it, as soon as it's not going your way, you're going to break the rules and you're going to think, actually, no, that's not for me. And then you kind of get disheartened by it. So that doesn't work and, and all this stuff. So, um, so yes, that, that's really important. Absolutely. I love the term edge as well. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's a bit of trader jargon or lingo. Edge just means your advantage. So if you can, here's a, here's a, here's a thought experiment I really like. If you go to the casino, you're playing blackjack. All right. You bet the same amount every single time and you keep playing that game. Guess what? The house is going to win because the house makes the rules. The house knows that no matter how many times you win in a row, if you keep playing that game and enough people keep playing that game, it's going to make money because the odds of it winning are 6 out of 10 versus the odds of the punter winning are 4 out of 10. Are you with me? If you make the rules, you become the house because the house makes the rules. So if you can make the rules, you can structure your trades, you know when to get in, you know when to get out, rather than just letting the markets dictate what's going to happen next and having no plan whatsoever, then if you can find a set of rules that allow you to be consistently profitable and just apply it over and over and over and over again, yes, some rules will be more profitable than others, but eventually you'll attain financial freedom if you just place enough trades and you keep using the same rules. Really interesting way of thinking about it. I don't know if you've heard that one before. Yeah, Okay. Oh, oh, you have. Okay, have you? Did you? Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, tell yeah. me what book it's from then as well, can't you? Is it Van Tharp? Nah, trading in the zone. Trading in the oh, zone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is that is very true. And uh, like we were saying earlier, you know, win rates on some of these tough guys are 25, 30 percent. So it's not even being right 50 percent of the time. But it is when you're wrong, you've just got to be emotionally at that trade. Right, I'm wrong. I've only lost this much. It doesn't matter. Because uh, and then if you manage your trades, you can be wrong 10 times in a row, but you're not going to blow your account up. You'll blow your account up by being wrong once and then letting it ride and chasing it and, and doing all sorts. So um, so that's why kind of nailing down your kind of risk and reward is is, is really important. Um, totally. Uh, if you manage your risk correctly, if you manage your risk correctly, you should lose no more than 2% of your entire portfolio on any one trade. If you can do that, and if you can put your stop loss in the correct place and also manage something called your position size, which is something that we won't get into too much tonight because it's a little technical, but basically the basic concept is that you don't put too much, you don't allocate too much of your money to any one trade. That's the basic concept. But how you do that, the nitty gritty, the ins and outs, that is something that we'll park for now because it's a little more complex than what we've got time for. If you can do those two things for every single trade, then what that means is that you can only lose 2% of your total capital, your total investable capital, the total capital that you have in that account at any one time. That means you can be wrong 35 times and still have half your money. Some people are wrong once on one trade and have half their money, okay? That's what happens when you don't have correct risk management. But that sounds so crazy from the outside looking in. And that to me, before I started trading, I would have been like, how the heck can you do that? It's about being selective with your trades and also understanding that you shouldn't allocate too much of your capital to any one trade. And also practicing the art of stop losses, which by the way, is an art form and it takes time. And it all comes back to what we were saying earlier. Zaid, you touched upon something that I want to talk about at the very start of this podcast, and you said that you're a practicing orthodontist, yet you still manage to trade around your job. How does that look for you? How does that work? How does that fit into your routine? Yeah, so um, 
again, we're quite lucky here because there is a, there's actually pre-market trading as well. So the pre-market opens 4 a.m. New York time, which is nine o'clock um, our time. And then that's open all the way up until half two when the New York Stock Exchange opens again our time. And then that's open all the way to nine o'clock um, in the evening our time. So, you know, the, the two most profitable times or the most volatility that occurs is the first two hours of trading and the and the last hour of trading. So actually the last hour of trading, eight till nine, there's, you know, we're not at work, we, you know, we can still work during the day and, and still have that. Um, for me, um, I, I like to see what's going to be in place. I look at what's kind of gapped up pre-market during my lunchtime. So between kind of one and two, um, I look at what's gapped at pre-market. I look at the stocks that might be in play that I might be interested in. And then I've got patients from two till five, sometimes six in the evening. And um, with my job, a lot of my adjustment, you know, my if I'm in a longer appointment, they're usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Most adjustments or um, brace adjustments are usually about 15 minutes long. It's normally done within 10 minutes. We've got a few minutes in between. Uh, and that's when I'm kind of looking at what, what it is. And when I put my trade in, I put my stop loss there and then, and I put it as a range. So I know what my risk and reward is going to be. So um, I know I can put it in there and then I, I've, my stop loss is already in. And then if it hits my target, it will get me out of it as well. So sometimes I'll be doing, if I'm especially long appointments coming in, I can hear the, the ding on my computer. And the partner's like, well, have I made money or have I lost money? And I kind of don't know until I've gone in and, you know, <laughs> have I been stopped out or has it reached my price target? Um, so there's 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 that way of doing it, and then uh, what I'm trying to kind of I'm still trying to kind of finalise how I want to kind of what my exact edge is, and kind of toying around with a couple of things. But you know the other ones, just because it's a day trade, there's different day trades you can do. There's the ones that the scalping that we we're saying earlier, where you you're in and out within seconds. You know you you're taking lots of little gains and then accumulating them. All those kind of the all day faders, the stocks that kind of reach the high of the day, and a lot of them tend to kind of fade over the next um sort of couple of hours and sometimes they kind of bounce back again late, later on so those kind of trades um the ones that i do with them i'm usually kind of in and out of them or between kind of half two more like between kind of quarter three and quarter past three um and then i'm kind of just watching them have a stop loss in place and treating my patients and then i've got i've got a 45 minute drive home so depending on where it is, I might just take my, my, my profit and, uh, and run with it, or if it looks like it's going my way, I might lower my stop loss. So if I even if I get stopped out, like a trading stop loss, I'm still made some money, but then give it a chance to kind of go further down if it needs to. And then when I get home, I'll have a look at what's happened with it. So um, so there's that way of doing it. And eventually, I think part of me thinks, actually, if I can get to the point where uh, it's not just that it's profitable for me, it's just something I enjoy doing uh, as, as well. There's no reason why I can't work a morning and then have the afternoon to sit in front of the computer and, uh, and do it. But I'm not going to be doing that yet until I've got to the point where I've done my 10,000 hours of trading. I've, you know, I've, I've done that. And it just gives you something else up uh, your sleeve. And, um, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I love my job. I think the difficulty from from what I feel is what really appeals to me is the, is the freedom, is the flexibility. I like the idea of spending four months of the winter in somewhere warm can't do that with orthodontics, fortunately, but maybe with trading 10, 10, 15 years time that, that, you know, all you need is your laptop and you go and spend four months somewhere sunny. Um, so it's it just kind of giving you a, di a different arm and different kind of um, feather on your butt, on, on your cap, if you like. Um, but the journey at the minute, you know, they say all the, all the traders, you start off, you lose money, then you lose less money, then you lose a little bit less money, then you break even, and then you start making money. So, the losing money bit at the start really is is you know being at uni if you think about it so you're uni you're losing money you're not earning you're you're spending money on living but you're learning your trades and it, it's not something you pick up overnight and it's uh, and like we we're saying earlier it's you know you're putting your ten thousand hours in ten thousand hours in looking at charts reading books doing trades doing paper trades trading on a small account that's two to three years worth before you get to that point where you actually um feel like you can actually go out and uh, and do it and then uh, and then yeah and then see what happens after that but for me I'm enjoying I'm enjoying doing it um I'm only doing it with a small account at the minute um whether I kind of 
uh, increase my size depend and instead of I've done me wrong I still hedge my bets so I still got my investing I've still got my long-term strategy I still do a bit of swing trading um, but I'm just kind of trying to find because the thing is the market is never going to be perfect for for the swing trades the market's never going to be perfect for for the for the long-term investing so it's having something else that you can do um, so my swing trades are breakouts look at stocks that are kind of um, in that consolidation period, and then they break out and, and they, they they go on. So the generally they're they're long based. Um, while my generally my day trading is more kind of short biased. So for people that don't know, shorting is when you're kind of making money on on the stock going down. So the way it works is you um, you borrow the stock, you sell it at that price. As the price comes down, you buy it again, and then you 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 pocket the difference basically. Um, for anyone who didn't understand that, it took me six months to understand shorting, so you're not alone, okay? But long story short, it's betting that the stock will go down in price rather than up. Easiest way you can think of it. Yeah, and for me, the reason I kind of got into the shorting, because I thought, well, whenever I've tried to do, make money on the stock market before, whenever you all, whenever you talk to all these, everyone wants to talk about stock markets, oh, I always lose money on the stock market. I was thinking, okay, well, everyone loses money because they go long. So surely if I just went short, I'm doing the opposite of that and, and making money. And so that was kind of my, my, my theory. Um, the other thing is, again, it, it suits my personality because stocks can take a while to, to go up, but they tend to go down very quickly. So, again, for the for the um, impatient side of me, I think that that suits my, my personality from, from that point of view. Um, but then but it is riskier um, because if a stock, for example, if a stock is trading at seven dollars, and you go long and you buy that stock at $7, the most you can lose, well, that stock can go down to zero. So the most you can lose is whatever you've put into that account, uh, into that into that stock. Now, the problem is with shorting it, that stock can go from $7 to 10 to 15 to 20 There is no limit of where it can go. So you can, it can blow up your account quite, quite quickly, which is why you've got to be really on it with, with your stop losses. Um, so... Uh, so yeah it's not for everyone and that's why it's like you've got to find your own um kind of niche but for me it makes sense because i'm going long in my swing trades and i'm shorting in my day trades so if my day trades aren't working generally my swing trades might be working I'm kind of hedging um hedging my positions really um regarding that so yeah so for me so fitting it in during the morning between patients i'll look at charts and look at what my what my swing positions may be if there's anything that looks like it's taking my fancy um the and i might see what stocks are play that afternoon but yeah there are times though when i'm kind of in a trade and seeing a patient that's making money i finally see that patient go back on the computer write the notes look at it and go oh i've missed my point um so that can be a bit frustrating sometimes but uh and, and actually then but it's it's a learning curve like i'm doing this to learn because okay at least i know well that's what i would have done then uh, I was right at that point, may have not made the money I wanted to, but I can go take that going forward as a um, as a kind of like, a, okay, well, it was a win, but maybe not as much as a win as it should have been. Um, and But but that can also work to an advantage because the biggest problem that some day traders do is you overtrade. You're sitting there idle, nothing happening. So you kind of just go into trade just for the hell of going into a trade. So actually being busy with patience sometimes helps you out because you're not <laughs> overtrading or over overthinking. And, and there have been a couple of times when I've gone into trades and um, it seemed like I was hitting my target. I thought, I'll take my, I'll take my money now and hadn't quite got to it and got round to it. And my nurse brings the patient in and starts seeing the patient um, and the patient leaves and then I go back onto it and go, oh, brilliant. It's actually gone down further than I wanted. You know, sorry, I was shorting it. So it went down for so I made more money. It's a good job that she bought that patient at that time. So it kind of helps you just having an idle hand instead of just sitting there going, right, I should be doing something now. Um, so again, fitting it in for me works uh, works quite well. Um, so yeah, so I think it's um, and especially as blessed less of an issue now. But I think when Denz had all these fallow times and stuff like that, there was a, there was a chance to try and do something in between. But um, yeah, but for me, that's how I kind of manage it and fit it in. Making it work, making it work, being yeah. using using your time as more most, as effectively as possible got follow time maybe this is something that and, and the thing about trading is you can just pick it up and you can do it anytime you like yeah. even yeah. if you're not entering trades you're looking at charts and it's all contributing towards those ten thousand hours that you spoke about earlier zed i am absolutely loving listening to you talk 
so many gems in there for everybody who's listening. I am super, super, super conscious that we want to keep this podcast tangible to about 40, yeah. 50 minutes-ish. And we had so many burning questions on the group when you posted earlier about this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump straight into those. And these responses are Zaid's pearls of wisdom, which Zaid has actually come prepared. He's wielding a piece of paper in front of himself there, which he's I am. I wrote, I wrote the questions that were asked. And you know what? What a travesty it would be if we if we weren't able to cover all that, that uh, we weren't able to, yeah. all that effort was wasted, I suppose, is the best way I can put it. Awesome. Let me just jump on to the questions here on the group. So, 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 so. I am looking for the post as we speak. Here we are. Okay, cool. So we've got a question here about bots, pros and yeah. cons of training bots. It sounds so simple. Yeah, so I think um, so for, for bots, I think the, the, the pros of the bots, I think if you, you bots will stick to your stop losses. You know, I think the way to think about it is we have to trade like a bot that um mm. the bot will do exactly what it's programmed to do it's always going to follow that risk and reward um and as humans we get emotional um with with, with the money on on the screen however i think the biggest issue with the bots is that you, you're competing against these hedge funds that have these high frequency trading algorithms and and these guys have pumped millions of pounds into it and unless you're very very technically minded it's, I don't think it's something for the retail trader. Um, and you've got to factor in every eventuality that happens into your into your program. If this happens, this happens, and you've got to do this, and, and you've got to do that. And um, and not only have you got to be a good trader, you've got to be a good programmer. So you've got to be able to do both things and, and, and factor that in. So for me, I, I think it's far too much effort to make profitable. And actually, I was listening to another podcast that was talking about a guy who did he programmed these bots and um it had this um algorithm that was kind of set in play and within seven seconds because it slightly malfunctioned of something he didn't account for in seven seconds it burned through his account because of doing all these free, frequent trades and then it, he was kind of watching it happening in front of his and then the only way he can stop it happening is he pulled the plug on his on his computer and if he hadn't have pulled it in time you know his account would have been fully wiped out so You've got, and even though it's there doing its job, you've still got to monitor it. You've still got to factor it. I think one way that may be beneficial is, especially with like machine learning, for example. So if you can get a bot that kind of learns the mistakes it's made or learns from that side of it, but that is completely beyond and over my head um, regarding that. But I think my biggest view is you're competing against the other bots that are there. A lot of these bots are programmed by these big algorithms and these firms are doing such quick trades that are happening. It's just not worth competing with on, on that level. But I think the way to, what to take from that is trade like a bot yourself, stick to your stop losses, stick to your risk and rewards. Um, and I think that's probably the best way forward regarding that. I think if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is just like these magic indicators that you see advertisements for where there's some supposed gift from heaven, unbelievable indicator that someone has created that's cracked yeah. every single market known to man and can make you unlimited money. It sounds too good to be true, and that's because it is. And if everybody was using that indicator, if it was that simple, everyone would be using it in my exactly. Awesome. <laughs> Next question. Is successful day trading a skill or purely luck? Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting question. Um, as we kind of touched on earlier, it's it's a skill in the sense that you need your 10,000 hours um, to, to put in like anything else. Um, if if anything, going to the casino, doing all that stuff, that's kind of luck based, but it's it's managing your luck. So if you're if you're lucky in your trade, then you're making money. And if you're unlucky, you're just losing that little bit of, of money. I think that's kind of the thing to take away from uh, from that. And uh you know, you're going into a trade, there's going to be one of two things that's going to happen. It's either going to go up or it's going to go down. And it's just finding a way that, okay, well, if it goes against me, I'm only going to lose such a small amount. And if it goes for me, I'm going to make more than what it is that's going to go against me. So um, I think there's definitely a skill. You wouldn't have professional traders. You wouldn't have these hedge funds. You wouldn't have all these um, big companies making money from it if it was purely luck. Um, but I think getting the right edge for you tips the balance in your favor and makes it um 
um, you know, maybe a bit of luck in the sense of get finding what that edge is. Um, but it's definitely, definitely skill involved in that. It's like poker. There's always going to be a chance. But the yeah. better you are at poker, the better you are at poker, then the more likely you are to win and the more that that chance is reduced. I love that. Is it Tiger Woods who said, I love people who call me lucky. I've always noticed the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah. yeah, yeah love yeah. that quote. Love that quote. Yeah. Does that yeah, encapsulate no, what no, you're no. saying, or would you like to chuck some more on top? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And I think the other skill that you need from that is is the psychology. I mean, a lot of training books, any big, any big training book you'll, you'll pick up has a big section on psychology, and so much of it is um, psychological-based. Um, so it's really, um, yeah, definitely a, a skill, which I'd love to master one day. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get there, my friend. And, <laughs> and the second part of that question was, and if it is a skill, how do we develop this, educate ourselves about becoming successful at this? We kind of half covered this, but maybe you'd just like to summarize some pointers that people can look for. Yeah, so I think if you're going to start anywhere, I think books is a good place to start, first of all. You just need to have a, a general kind of um, guide into the stock market in general. What, um, And then once you've kind of got that side of it a lot of those books trading books will talk about risk and reward we'll talk about psychology we talk about we're saying only about position sizing um and these are all kind of giving you the basics the foundations of, of what you need and then then it kind of goes up the next level up is looking at kind of technical analysis books um mm -hmm. on looking at these patterns and um uh, so that's a uh, that's the next step up and to be, to be fair, you only really need kind of one or two things that you look at. You don't have to learn all of them. You find something that you think, actually, I'm going to nail this. And this is the one I'm, I'm only going to be looking at a certain um, uh, technical analysis, whether it's a double top or a double bottom or um, kind of pivot points or breakout con um, from contraction patterns. Um, you just got to kind of nail one or two of them and kind of just become an expert in, in those in those the ones that make the most sense to you the ones that feel like it's most natural to you um and that then becomes your edge of, of what you're looking for and then uh, and once you've done that then kind of look just looking at charts and um backdating it so you know a lot of charts now you can kind of go back so you're not seeing what happens later on and then you can go step by step okay what would i have done here i, look, I think it would have gone up and you do the next side along oh yeah it did go up went up this much and then you can kind of almost test yourself on that and, and see how, how you're getting and then go into kind of paper trading because then it becomes um, a bit more real and getting uh, and getting used to um, kind of buying selling where to put your position size um, and then I think then starting an account with a small account so if you've got I don't know ten thousand pounds to put into it I'd only open an account with five thousand pounds because you know you're going to blow up at some point at least you've got another five thousand to to kind of go you'd learn that lesson from then you've got another um five thousand pounds to, to put into it but position size really small and then it gets you used to kind of finding liquidity in certain things so you may not be able to hit your stop um your stop loss every time or hit your entry point every time because some stocks move very very quickly um and then you can kind of once you kind of master that, then you've got all these kind of hot keys that you can do where you're buying in that trades really, really quickly. And um, again, depending on um, the type of trader that you want to be, but it's kind of finding your your edge, but you can't do any of that if you don't know. You know, you can have the best edge in the world, but if you've got a sloppy risk um, uh, risk reward, you've got a sloppy, uh, sloppy stop loss, you're not going to make money. Um, so, so that's kind of you know it's put it's like, oh how do you do this or watching and that's why you're watching all these youtube videos and all this stuff yes it, uh, good as an idea or as a bit of research um but you've got to find out then okay well what would i have done in that place and uh, not become emotional about it and, and sticking to your own rules um is is the key thing so i think that is the most important thing first of all um nailing that and then it doesn't matter what what edge you have because every edge has the opposite edge if, if that makes sense so if you're looking at someone that goes okay well i'm gonna um uh, i'm gonna trade off bouncing off some uh, support level so this stock has never reached more than 15 dollars in the last i don't know three months so every time it hits 15 dollars, well i'm gonna bank that it's gonna bounce off that and i'm gonna short it and it's gonna come down and i'll make money but at some point that stock is going to break 15 dollars 
And when it does, there is no limit to where it's going to go to because it hasn't hit that mark before. So then the simple way you manage your stop loss, so you go, okay, well, it hits, it's coming up to $15. It's never broken above $15. So I'm going to put my stop loss at $15.50 because if it hits $15.50, there's nothing stopping it hitting 16 or 17 or 18 because it's never done that before. So that's kind of one way of how you manage your um, your stop loss. And um, and then there'll be other traders that go, okay, well, this is hitting its its um, its peak, it's contracting, um, and I think you know once it breaks fifteen dollars, I'm going to go long, and it's going to make loads of money. But then if it drops back down to fourteen dollars, then I know it's not going to do it on that time, and I've only lost that one dollar per share. So you've got two traders looking for two opposite things, and yet both can still make money depending on the outcome of it. So it, it, there is no edge that is correct that works every time. It's how you manage whether you've got it right or not is, is the key thing. Totally. And was it, what was that famous investor called? Jesse, 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 Jesse. You're going to have to Livermore, have a What would you say? Jesse Livermore. Yeah, Jesse that's Livermore. Jesse Livermore. The, he has a quote that goes along the lines of, I've never met anybody who got rich off trading other people's suggestions or other people's calls. Yeah. And the reason that he says that is you can have a brilliant call, you can trade it terribly and make no money. That's the, that's the crazy thing. That's the crazy paradox. Everybody thinks it's about picking the right stocks. It's actually about managing your risk, getting stocks that somewhat do well, but then executing your trades extremely well and managing your portfolio. There you go. Knowledge bomb right there. Exactly. What that, and what that means, that takes that all of those little components to what I just said are actually a lot of research to flesh out and understand. And they're all concepts in itself. And that's when the work comes in. Yeah. And, and I, I can even tell you, you'll, if I told you, right, this stock is at $15, it's going to go to $17 and you buy it at 15. It doesn't go straight to 17. It might drop to 14.50 and it might go up a little bit. And then as soon as it drops down to kind of 14, you, you think, I don't believe him. It's not going to go up to 40. It's not going to go up to 17. It's dropped to 40. You sell at a loss and then it shoots up to 17 because you didn't have that conviction in your own, in your own um, view. So therefore you can't be committed to it. So again, that's why it's really important to kind of have your own, um, you know, nothing, if you learn nothing from today's podcast, it's, it's find your own edge and be committed to your own edge. Cool. Awesome. 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 Okay. Do you know what? I feel like we could just talk about trading all night, Zed. Zed, <laughs> I am looking for more questions on the post in the group. I can't see any. Was there any more that you had written down? Yeah, there, there was one on um, options trading. Um I don't do any options trading. The, the thing that I am looking at, though, is um, so for, for options, what people don't know is um, you kind of um, you go into a contract where you buy or sell a share at a strike price. So if it hits that price, you can then buy it or sell it and you make money. And if it doesn't hit that price, all you've lost is the, is the premium to go into that in, into that contract. Um, so one of the things that I'm I'm kind of toying with and, and looking at, and I think where options can work quite well is, for example, if you're um, if you if you've got an account where you're looking at investing and you're looking at these top stocks, you think, okay, at some point I want to buy Apple shares. Apple shares at the minute, I don't know if they're is it 180 dollars a share, I think I can't remember exactly, roughly that mark. But you think, well, oh, this is kind of hitting a bit of a peak. I want to buy it at its dip. With options, you can put a, um, a put option to sell um, Apple shares at, say, $165. So you'd make premium on that. Um, but if it does ever hit $165, you would have to then cover that and buy those Apple shares at $165. But if you're planning on buying and keeping those Apple shares at $165 anyway, then you've kind of made money both ways. Does, does that make sense? So options trading itself is quite, it's quite niche and it's quite um, difficult to get your head around sometimes. But um, for me, I, could, I, I think it's, it could be um, uh, quite a way to use it if you're kind of planning to go and buy that share anyway. But you can make money along, along the way while you're waiting for it to hit that target by, by collecting the premiums of those potential failed, um, failed strike points on, on, on the contract. But again, there's loads of videos on, on actual options trading itself and, um, um, and all sorts, but it's not something that I particularly delve into. I'm just boring, steady, eddy spot trader. 
personally. And you know what? That's the thing. I say boring, but you can be incredibly profitable by trading spot. Again, I feel like it's one of those things that people associate the fact that it's more elaborate with the fact that it's consistently consistently more profitable, or at least they begin to they entwine those two when it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And you know what? Straight up spot trading, just buying crypto, buying straight up normal crypto or buying straight up stocks or whatever, that can be very profitable if you know what you're doing. You don't even have to dabble in this more fancy stuff. But oh, yeah, completely. it's out there. It's not something I particularly do either. You were going to say something else, Sid? I was just going to say, you know, you, you can talk to some of the best traders in the world and they would not have a clue what an options trade is because that's not their their niche. Their niche is this one particular edge, this one particular oh. setup, and they make thousands, if not millions of pounds from, from this. So they don't need to know anything about options trading. You know, you don't want to be a jack of all trades where you do a bit of this and you do a bit of that and you do a bit of this. You kind of want to kind of focus on one thing and, and, and do that do that well whether it's crypto whether it's forex whether it's um equities or anything else and um totally yeah i think when you try and spread yourself too thin i think that's where you can cause problems you know it's yeah it's a lot to learn because the more you master it the more of an edge you have on everyone else exactly. you understand about it you know and that comes through just focusing on one thing and it is the depth to the depth to each asset is insane it's like it's like you being an orthodontist and saying actually i have a fan i'll have a crack it all on four it's not going to work you know what i mean no. you have to yeah, you have exactly. to, it's almost like you have some translatable skills but you still have to start from the start and build your way up start doing single teeth multiple teeth bridges then all on four something like that yeah and no, i completely agree put it in dental terms if we put it in dental terms, it's super tangible, then everyone gets it, you know? And yeah, 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 exactly. That's I can explain it. Zay, it has been brilliant tonight. So many knowledge bombs, so many gems. Anything that you'd like to say to wrap things up? No, I think we've covered most things um, without, um, trying, you know, without over-repeating certain points. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, – I enjoy it. I've I, I enjoy doing it. It works for me. It may not work for everyone, um, but it's finding – you, you know what your personality is and finding what it is you would find interesting be committed to uh to, to doing and for me it just happens to be um day trading and it you know there's loads of different options out there for different different folks so yeah cool man thank you so so much to yourself say for giving up your free time very kind of you and it isn't the first time either we look forward to having you back on the podcast at some point my friend absolutely tremendous we shall speak very very soon thank you james yeah keep up the good work Thank you, man. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.